0: Okay, we're going to get um, into God's Word this morning. Um, We're going to be reading from Luke 19, um, chapter 36, uh, verse 36 through to 40. If you want to find that in your Bibles, it'll be up on the screen in a minute. I don't know whether you'd realise, but we are now into spring. We're officially into spring, Wednesday was the first day of spring. The long, dark winter is behind us. The clocks go forward next week, by the way, just to give you a heads up about that. Um, You don't want to be walking the walk of shame. Um, Next week. it's not the walk of shame. Um, uh, You'll probably get here just as a preach starts next week if you don't put your uh, clocks forward. My wife's preaching next week, so you don't want to upset her. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Yeah, when she's in full flow. (laughs) Okay. So, reading from chapter 36, uh, verse 36, Luke 19. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near already on the way down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, To him, teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered, I tell you the truth. uh, If these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Amen. I felt a bit challenged this week as my thoughts began to turn towards Easter. And I asked myself, why is it that my readiness for Easter doesn't really match? my readiness for Christmas. I hate to mention the word Christmas in March, but there you go. Why is it that preparations for Christmas seem to start in August? And by the time we get to September, we're beginning uh, to see dedicated stands of um, wrapping paper and cards accompanied by tacky 1970s um, chart toppers. And by the time we get to late October, we're beginning to say to one another, and it becomes a bit like Chinese torture, are you ready for Christmas yet? But then at the last, um, but when was the last time we asked ourselves the question, are you ready for Easter? Are you ready for Easter? Easter has got to be the highest point in our church calendar for anticipation, celebration, contemplation, and sheer unabound joy. But all that we seem to be able to muster, for some of us, seem to muster, is wait for it. Let's go and paint some eggs. And I, I know, well, let's go and hide them in the garden. Is that really going to make us Eastery? Um, I know we say the word Christmassy. Um, that seriously looks like my brother-in-law, by the way. And I, was, I just just loved the look on that little boy's face as if, what on earth is he doing? So, can we substitute the word Christmassy for Eastery? Eastery, is that a word? Have I just made up a word? As a boy, I... Um, sorry. Let me ask you this question this morning: Are you ready for Easter? Are you ready to celebrate and showcase to this world the greatest man on the greatest day, pull off the greatest act of love and triumph that will ever, well, that will never be matched or repeated? Are you ready to join the victory celebration? Brothers and sisters, are you ready to receive Easter? As a boy, I grew up in an Anglican church, and I'm to this day eternally grateful for my mother for dragging me along week in, week out, um, tirelessly insisting that I learn an understanding of faith and that I grasp the concept of a creator God. It was always going to be bigger than my understanding, but yet still wanted to know me personally. Those early years at St. Andrew's Church, just the other side of the town, and my mum's persistence laid the foundation for my salvation. That then came one night as I sat on my bed at the age of 18 and I asked Jesus into my life. My early church experience holds a number of significant memories for me. Some good, not so good. Being banished to the bell tower for what my choir master said was reflection. <laughs> After an unfortunate, unfortunate incident with a candle and the chorister's hair that sat in front of me. I can still smell the singed hair smell and the least said about the exploding beer keg in the choir vestry, the better. But I do have many formative memories, one of which was the way that Easter was prepared for, the way that thoughts around Easter began many weeks in advance. Now, Lent held many mysteries for me as a child. I can never understand why we had to... uh, starve ourselves of chocolate for six weeks and then binge eat on Christmas Day, on Easter, sorry, (laughs) Easter Day. However, those who did that, sincerely, it was a start of a process that prepared their heart for Easter. It was a time of personal sacrifice that made space for prayer and reflection also loved what we call Passion Week. Passion Week is a day-by-day uh, account, reflection on the week leading up to Jesus' death on the cross. And it felt like it was a week full of drama. I often thought uh, that if Passion Week were written out as a book in, in, on its own, it would simply not be able to ca- be categorised. It had everything that a blockbuster would want, and more. What it actually is, is the final few paragraphs in the great love story of God's relentless rescue of mankind. A week so named because the passion of Christ could no longer be contained. It was filled with power battles, intrigue, conspiracies, injustice, Betrayal, torture, horror, murder, tragedy, mystery, good, triumphing over evil, thunderstorms, earthquakes, abandonment, despair, supernatural happenings, and ends with an all-conquering hero. Waterstones would have struggled to find a section for that to sit in. I remember Passion Week, even at the age of 9 or 10, really impacting me, even though I struggled to fully understand it. I found it led me to a place where I got to remember again the great story where the horror of the cross got extinguished along with my sin. Even though I didn't know him as my saviour and my lord at that point, I somehow got swept along on that extraordinary event. Okay. You all right, Carly? That's not an alarm, is it? Don't worry, don't worry. But it was as if God was preparing my heart for a personal Easter of my own that could one day get fully and fully shape my life. If you were in the room this morning and you haven't managed to work out an understanding of your Easter, come and find me. I'd love to tell you my story, if I can. There's something about Easter particularly that somehow demands our attention. Have you ever been in a room when someone comes in with some life-changing news and says, I think you need to sit down. In those moments, we don't reply with, oh, just let me just take this call or let me just reply to my email. I'm really sorry. Uh, Can we do this over lunch? When someone comes into the room and says, I think you need to sit down, they immediately have your attention, don't they? You grab the arms of the chair as if to take a roller coaster ride and you hang on every word that comes out their mouth. The Easter story is an eternal story that says, sit down, brace yourself, because I bring news that's going to change your life forever. It grabs you by the lapels and says, you need to hear this. The Easter story demands our attention. It requires our readiness And it commands a response. Our passage this morning gives an account of just such a response. It's an account of a people longing and desperate for an Easter. It's an account of a crowd jostling, straining, and transfixed on a far off figure sat on a donkey slowly making his way into the city. They stripped palm branches off trees and laid their coats and cloaks in his path as a gesture of royal recognition. But however he came, whatever he looked like, they were preparing for an entry of the king. The crowded gathered partly because of the Passover festival. It was upon them and um, it had swelled the numbers in the crowd. But others had heard the news of some extraordinary accounts of a man travelling the countryside performing miraculous acts and signs and wonders. Acts where people were being healed from sickness and disease where the blind were seeing again, the lame were walking again. Rumors of withered hands were growing back. Men and women were being set free from demons and strongholds. They'd heard he'd calmed the seas and walked on water. He'd multiplied food and challenged the law. And they'd even heard that it filled a dead man's lungs with breath and commanded him to live. There was a potent cloud of stories, hearsay, whispers and witnesses that had been swirling around the region. Who is this man? I need to go, I need to see him in the flesh. Is he really the great hope we have and we've been waiting for? Is he really the Messiah? The promised Saviour? This was a crowd whose attention was grabbed, who'd readied themselves, who'd prepared the ground, flung wide the gates of their city and the battered doors of their hearts with a cry Welcome, King Jesus. Come and save us. This was a crowd whose attention was grabbed, who'd readied themselves, who prepared the ground, flung wide the gates of the city, sorry, I've just read that, and battered the doors and the battered doors of their hearts. They've responded with guttural cries of Hosanna, a cry that had burst out beneath generations of fear, a cry that had risen up through generations who had... For centuries, strain their eyes towards the same horizon, longing to see a far-off, approaching figure of the salvation, of a uh, uh, figure of salvation, a king riding triumphantly into their lives. This was the moment. Hosanna! They cried. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who has now come. In the name of the Lord. I don't know if you've ever been in large sports stadiums where fans begin to rise up the names of their heroes. The sound begins to roll around the arena like a rumbling thunderclap. So with the shout of Hosanna, have built-up and swirled around like a verbal Mexican wave. It would have made the donkey virtually redundant as their cries of gratitude carried Jesus along into their lives and into his destiny. We get a greater understanding of this passion, the depth of this passionate outpouring, when Jesus in verse 41 says, And he drew near and saw the city and he wept over it. As he rode through the crowds, the heart of Jesus was broken. It was broken at the sight of a people who had had enough, who were lost in their sin, who were enslaved by a barbaric occupying Roman Empire, who were being oppressed and cheated by their own religious leaders. These were a people who had nothing left to turn to but the eternal promises of a long awaited Saviour. And here he was. The air would have been electric, it would have been charged with expectation. Their attention would have been fixed on a man who carried with him a thousand messages of hope. So when the Pharisees turned to Jesus and said you need these people to be quiet you can only imagine you can only imagine the look that Jesus must have given them back are you kidding are you kidding if i were to tell these people to be silent the very stones would cry out the very rocks beneath their feet would have That have no breath, that have no mouth, that have no vocal cords, will have to cry out in the name of Jesus. Such is the power and presence of God among his people right now. These were a people who knew in that moment how to cry out, not just for themselves but for their people and their nation. There are people who intimately knew the generational promises of a faithful God. Many were there uh, at the time celebrating Passover where God had previously set their nation free from slavery in Egypt. They knew what he could do. The God of rescue and restoration Was at the very heart of their DNA. They knew about his power. They knew about his provision. They knew about his judgment and his justice. And they were crying out, Come again, Lord. Come again and save us. Come again and bring your freedom. Bring your hope. We need you to come again and save us, Lord Jesus. These are people who knew, because of their history with an almighty and powerful God, how to cry out. These are people who are hungry for Easter. As we approach Easter again, are we a people crying out for the hope of this world? Are we a people crying out for the hope of our nation? Oh my goodness, how we need to be crying out for our nation right now. Are we a people crying out for our estate, our streets, our neighbour? Are we ready to be Easter people in our workplace and in our schools? Are we people ready to triumphantly carry the name of Jesus, into those lives around us. Lives that desperately need to know the hand of a saviour. If there's ever a time, if there's ever a high tide of opportunity that gives us open permission to speak out and proclaim to this world the extraordinary life of Jesus Christ who gets to humbly and purposely ride into their lives. It has to be the transforming message of the Easter story. Are we ready to receive and share this incredible news with the world? Are we an Easter people ready to raise up his name? Cry out the name of Jesus. Are we ready to carry Easter to this nation, this town, and these lost lives? Let me ask you again. Are we ready for Easter? Because if not, if not us, then who? I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to um, just pray, we're going to sing, finish off by singing a song, but I'm going to just pray a prayer, and I just want it to be a prayer that, we, that you pray with me um, in your hearts, as so I pray it out, just place yourself in a place of just crying out to God. Lord, I want to thank you that you are not just my King, but you are my risen King. Lord, I want to thank you that you triumphantly rode in not a great chariot dressed in royal robes, but on a donkey, in rags, as a servant, as a condemned man. That you didn't sidestep the cross, Jesus. That you didn't take the path of least resistance. You didn't take instant glory. But you chose instead the very worst that mankind can inflict on you. Thank you, Jesus. You did it so the power of my sin could die with you and you did it because you passionately and furiously loved me you unconditionally won me and you gifted me eternal life thank you Jesus Lord how can we be quiet about that how can we leave it so only dead stones cry out how can we leave it so only the twisted and empty (laughs) philosophy of this world gets to be heard. Lord, would it be me who cries out louder and more longingly so that your truth and my praise will win the attention of this world. Lord, would you do that in me? Lord, would it be me Lord, will it be me who joins the swell of your Easter people who cry out, Hosanna! Blessed is the Lord who has now come. Lord Jesus, make, make our hearts ready. Lord, prepare our hearts for Easter. Lord, we, we want to be those who, when we walk, as Colin said, walk past people and we're reminded by you that these are people that need saving, these people that need the Easter story to ring loudly in their lives, Lord God, that they get to know the risen Lord, the saving, passionate powerful risen lord lord would that be us thank you lord jesus amen